What's going on, guys? Keith McMillan here with Off The Map Podcast, and I'm here today with a special guest. Matt Waters. Hey, Matt. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good, glad to be man. back on here. There's no Brian this week. Brian is in Abu Dhabi with Zach and Baker, and I think Tyler Minton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zach's nutritionist coach. A coach. And, um, yeah, getting ready for Zach's fight. Hopefully Zach goes out there and knocks him out. Uh, but before we get to the fight card, uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. Excited to be uh, back on here. Yeah, it looks like Zach's already getting skinny out in Abu Dhabi. I saw some pictures today. It looks like his face is already thinning out, so he's, he's ready to rock. Yeah, it, it's weird. Look, I get that, you know, he's a professional fighter. He can whoop my ass and everything. But it's always weird to see him, like, when he gets in shape. Because <laughs> when he walks around here, he's never, like, tremendously out of shape. And this is coming from me, but... When he gets in shape, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot you can do that. Like, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a surprising yeah. thing every time. Yeah. Especially when he used to cut down to 170. That was that was a nightmare. I'm yeah. glad he's not doing that anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, can we talk about your big your big announcement? Yeah. My wife's having a baby. So yeah. So exciting. I've been, Keith was, like, one of the first people to know because I'm like, Keith, I'm going to need all the advice you can give me. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a nine month veteran, about to be a ten month veteran, so I feel like I can give you a little bit of advice. I, mine's a little different because of the twins, but yeah. I'm ex I've, I'm excited. I you know I kind of feel like I jinxed you because I feel like the moment that I had my kids and I uh, I experienced how wonderful it was. I was like, Matt, you're gonna do it next. Yeah. You're no. gonna do it next, man. We had, we had planned on it though. We uh, yeah, it wasn't like unexpected. We've been we've been one one or. Um, and, yeah, that's Pattern, awesome, so. man. I feel like uh, you and Amber. I feel, like, you know, children, kids are gifts, you know, and I and I feel like it does evolve you as an individual. I feel like my kids have made me better, and I, and I don't expect anything differently from yours. You know, from 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 your kid and your family. I, I feel like it's such a. If there's any two people that I know that like are going to be wonderful parents, I believe it's you and Amber. Thank you. You know, I, it's like. It's been such a relief, like, knowing people like you and all the awesome moms at the gym that, like, it relieves, like, stress for me, I guess, or, like, worry, because I know, like, I have a huge resource of people around me that, that helps out, so, and, and parents and family, too, as well, but, like, my everyday here is going to be a breeze, I feel like. So. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, <laughs> especially compared to you with twins, like, my, my life should be should be easier than that, I would think. We'll see. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm very fortunate. I don't think I'd still be here as much as I could be without the mothers here that, that have helped me, you know, especially with both the twins and Maureen and Rachel and, you know. Heidi uh, and Heather. Heidi, Heather, you know, uh, the list goes on of, of mothers that I've been, I could get advice from and and have the help I get. So they're underrated. And you guys, you wonderful women are amazing. And, and thank you a thousand times. Definitely. Even without the kids, having somebody like watch all the kids that run around, that's their parents are a huge help around here. Yeah. They're awesome. So yeah, that's great. shout out to them for sure. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to you. Guys. You ladies. I keep saying guys, you women. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is very, um, we've had a couple of good weeks, man. I feel like, we just did the the previous fight card. Um, can you tell me the name? I keep forgetting the damn name. Fighting Lions Championship. Fighting Fighting Alliance Championship. The first one, uh, Matt and I were very fortunate to to go out there. I feel like I was even more fortunate to go out there and commentate and watch some of the the murderers from our gym go out there and, and put on 
a wonderful display of violence. <laughs> um, yeah, that whole card was awesome, and the fact that it was in Silverstein Arena was really cool too. Like, um, it was like a KCFA matchups, but like in this huge venue. I feel like we, you know, felt like we had backstage passes at, at yeah. the arena, which was really cool. So yeah, the production know. value was. I was not expecting how great the production value was being there live. Yeah. You know, I like the whole, the, the sign and, and the, the fighters walk out, uh, the entryway. I'm a sucker for entryway. I mean, it might be from like the WWE days and everything, yeah. but I'm a sucker for the entryway. I think, I think it's your time to put on a performance. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like each one's just, I'm sure they're just going to get better and better. I know they're, I don't remember when they said the next one was, but they have more planned and scheduled and. Um, I think they're just going to get better and better each time. Definitely. Um, so we had some highlights of the fight card. I, every fight was wonderful, but um, we, we have some personal highlights. Um, a little bit of low light, and, I, and I'll talk about it, and I'll be very delicate. Uh, one of our teammates, um, Mike, did we even figure out what his last name was? Breton. Breton. I feel like the the host it, was like Bariton. Listen, if it's not Breton, I'm gonna be really disappointed because that's what I've been calling him forever. So, um, but yeah, but Mike yeah. went out there and uh, his first mixed martial arts debut. Uh, unfortunately, went out there and and lost. But I mean, he went out there and, and just to get to that, I thought, especially just being a casual fan, that you sign a fight, you sign for a fight, you show up, and you're 100. percent now training over all these years and, and watching Zach and and David and Mikey England, all, all the other fighters go through the their training camps, understanding how your body falls apart. And you're kind of limping in when you get into the fight. Not always, yeah. but you kind of – and you've been doing it too. Yeah. So I didn't understand the, the tremendous work that goes into getting ready for a fight and fighting, whether it's for – one round or three rounds, you know, and, and what it takes to, to get a victory. So for Mike to even make it to that point to get and step in the cage and get through all the nerves is, is awesome. And, and I am very lucky to have him as a teammate. To have any everyone here, that the teammates that we have, and uh, it was awesome. So fortunately, he didn't go out there and get a, get a victory. But for him to make it that far and, and get in there says a lot about the character and, and the type of man that he is. And it's awesome, man. Yeah, that guy works harder than pretty much everybody in the gym. He's... Um, if he doesn't know, he has the record for most classes in a single day here. I think he did like both glory fits and morning jujitsu and then evening classes. He did like the glory fit and then I don't know. He did all kinds of classes one day and, uh, that guy's in here every day. It's weird when he's not here. Right. Um, yeah, it, it stunk that he didn't get the, the result he wanted or that any of us wanted, but, um, you know, it just ended up not being a good matchup for him and. Um, hopefully, we'll see him back in there eventually. Yeah, definitely. I hope he does take another fight. Um, works on what he needs to work on, and I'm sure Zach, you know, Zach got to see him live, so we got to see what it was like full speed. And hopefully, you know, he goes and tunes up, and he comes back and and becomes a dominant MMA fighter. I, I believe he can be. Oh yeah, he could. He could wreck ninety percent of the amateurs. I feel like at heavyweight right now, like the guy he went up against just happened to be another really good athlete right. that's huge as well you know but most of the time not most of the time that's not right to say but a lot of the time heavyweight amateurs they're not the most athletic human beings and <laughs> big mike is big but he is, he moves moves really well for his size and um i think he just needs to make a few small adjustments and he's going to start wrecking people so yeah it's great it's crazy the chances that he has because him and i talked back and forth and we've had private messages and he's always been like you think i could do it and i was like definitely you can do it 
And then um, I was like, dude, look at your skill set. Look at your background. You're a D1 athlete. And, of course, his first fight, he's against another D1 athlete. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a tough matchup for him. But we'll see him back for sure. Definitely. And then we had um, the people's main event. Woody? Wood. Yeah. Brian Wood. It's Wood, right? It's, I think it's Brian Wood. Brian Wood. Yeah, Woody's the, the nickname for Okay, him, cool. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure. Everyone. But Legend. Brian Man. You want to talk about someone that can fill the show, put on a show, and deliver? The two highlights of my night were that fight and then Mikey England's fight. Those, But starting with Brian Wood, I mean, the the energy just when he walks out is so insane. Like, I don't know. It was, it was such you a would, cool experience. He's on his third fight, and you would think this guy has been, like, around the scene for years. Yeah, yeah. He There's always a, a sea of green shirts that say the realtor woody or something on him like the, the there, there's always a huge section in the crowd full of, of green shirts that are there for him and um yeah he i don't know how many tickets he sold but it was a lot i mean he gets a huge pop and it's like as someone that's like you know think about diving into the pool and fighting i'm like well i'm 31 and you know i can give you a million excuses and i need to stop that but for him to be like i i want him to keep going yeah oh yeah for sure he i mean yeah, he's a guy that was just obsessed with the sport. Like, if you don't know Woody's story, we've kind of talked about it during his fights. But, um, you know, he's a guy that was just obsessed with the sport, still loves the UFC. That's, you know, he, he was obsessed with it. His, uh, his wife was uh, James and Chanel's, James Krause and Chanel, uh, their, their babysitter. And so they became friends and he started talking to James and they ended up, ended up training. And now he's, what, two and one? Two and one. Um, but yeah, always, always one of the fights I look forward to most on the card now whenever he's on there. So. I hope he stays, he- stays healthy because, like, how do you not put him on a fight card? Yeah. Especially in, in Kansas City. Yeah. I don't know any fight card. Every fight card could use that, that boost that he brings, that the atmosphere, the energy. You know, his fans are going crazy, the, the MMA fans now, if they weren't before. You know, we get you got moms, dads, I mean – he has to continue fighting. And, and, you know, as long as he wants to, as long as he wants yeah. to. But it's like, he's 40 years old, 41 now, 40. Something like that, yeah. You know, and it's like, normally I'd be like, well, at least he's, you know, he's probably done. But it's like, no, like, keep fighting. Yeah. Well, and he, so his first fight, he came out and wrecked the guy really quickly and was super excited. I think that was one of the biggest highlights of the night was watching his celebration into the cage and afterwards. Um, his second fight, he just ran out of gas, basically. And so... James and, and Joe Wooster told him, hey, you got to train some more and we'll put you on in August. So he had a little time off. And, you know, even though it was a, like 16 seconds or something crazy um, that he knocked the guy out, you got to see a lot of improvement in that short amount of time. Right. And, he, you know, his first fights, there's a lot of wild strikes. But this one, he actually landed a really well-thrown clean right hand right across the jaw that that was just, i thought it looked good I thought it, looked good. it was awesome i was jumping up and down i was so excited that was probably the highest energy point for me the whole night <laughs> definitely i think you know he he just delivered yeah he delivered and going into that fight no matter how good of you got good of a guy you are if you're woods opponent you're the you're the villain oh yeah you're yeah. the bat you have to go that's no matter how long you, whether you grew up here or not you're going into hostile territory yeah. in your own hometown yeah. fighting against them, and I, and that's fascinating. So, yeah, 
yeah, I hope the next the next fight card. I hope he's healthy and he's able to go in there and perform. Yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah, he. Anytime you have somebody that has that much hype around him, like, how can you not be excited about the fight? It doesn't right. matter where the, you know, where the technical levels at. Whenever everybody around you is jumping up and down, screaming on his way out, like you're gonna get excited. And I know I was standing up after you knocked him out. I was super excited. So, um, yeah, it's good. Nice. Um. And then next we have, and I forgot the fight. Pull up the name. card here. We gotta look at the card, but which one you want to see? Mike England. Mike England. Yeah, so he fought Chucky Brooks. So Chucky Brooks um, was the number one ranked welterweight in the Midwest. Yeah, Missouri and Kansas are the the number one guy. Yeah, the number one guy, and he went up against the freight train that is Mikey England. I mean, there is. That is a dominant. Mikey went went out there, finished him. Honestly, he, the guy had to put himself out. Yeah, like they were in the second round. You know, it was the same story. You know, once Mike took him down, got the film out. The guy just understood. Like, I'm out of this. Yeah, I'm not in this guy's league. And that's the number one welterweight in the Midwest. Yeah, and Mikey made him look. <laughs> Like a full amateur, like it was his first fight. Yeah, that was the the other highlight of the night for me. Um, besides Woody, was was Mikey England's fight. Like, I don't know what that guy terrifies me. First of all, he's he's terrifying Mikey England, but he is just getting better and better and doing all the right things. And then to put away a guy who's had, you know. More than twice as many fights. Yeah, I think he was eight and two. Yeah, and the number one ranked guy. Um, and to make him look like that, like, whew, what's next for Mike England? I have no idea. I mean, that's a tough guy. He's been in 10 fights. The the, the guy that Mike England went against was in 10 fights. And Mike England made him tap the strikes. Yeah. Yeah. That means, that means please get me out of here. Well, and it, it was cool to see the kind of the progression of Mikey, too. Like, in that short amount of time, the first round he came out, landed some, some big strikes on the ground, but was really just, you know, throwing lots of them, you know. And then in the second round, I feel like somewhere we really got to see the, the technique of Mikey take over, and he started to pick his shots a little more, control the positioning, and nobody wants any part of that. No, you... <laughs> and Chucky couldn't take it. So. No, he couldn't. And, um... From the hanging there that long, it was was fascinating. But you know, to make a guy quit, you know, <laughs> make so, a guy of that that skill set quit too. Yeah. You know, that's um, yeah, that's a big deal. He broke him, so man, Mikey was like almost like a real life hero. Oh. You know, he's on that Stepe Stepe Miocic train of like he's a firefighter. He trains all day. You know, he's nice as can be off the mat, and then. Game day, he just slowly turns into that, the serious, yeah, scary warrior. And he's he's very he's a focused human being, not just a fighter, but like I feel like he's a guy who has a very, um, he's very in tune with his own, with himself and his his body, and he's always working to improve himself too. If that makes sense, like not just his his skill set, but he understands where his weaknesses are and knows what he needs to work on and is just constantly doing that. Like, he's doing all the right things to, in my opinion, be a UFC champion one day. So, right. um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that guy's future. As a, a, a fan and a, and a couch coach, my question to you is, do you give him one more 
As an amateur, do you go, hey, let's go pro? Well, I mean, in my opinion, I say go pro now. Like, he's there, he's going to run through a lot of pros the same way he just ran through Chucky Brooks. Um, and you can get him to hit some more experience as a pro, too. But, like, I feel like time's just ticking. You know, we might right. as what are we wasting our time for? All that, all of his fights get erased as soon as he goes pro, you know? So, right. um, in my eyes, go ahead, go pro. If you need to, a few more tune-up fights to work on whatever you're working on, go for it. But that guy's going to beat a lot of pros strictly just based off his wrestling. But now he's putting all the other skills in there too. So right. um, I I think he has to have five fights, if I'm not mistaken, to actually go pro. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I think that's a new rule. Missouri, I was talking to some – I don't remember who I was talking to about. But you have to have five fights and a winning record now in Missouri to, to go pro or to have pro fights. Oh, that makes sense. Which, okay. Which is interesting. But um, people like Marissa and Mikey, now how are you going to find them fights? You know, like right. it's, a, it's hard enough to find Marissa fights. And Mikey, it's hard to find him fights. But who who wants to fight him now? He just beat the number one ranked guy in the area. You know, like right. it's going to be hard to find an amateur that wants to – <laughs> Go up against Mikey, you know. So take some years off your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So hopefully, hopefully he'll get his last amateur fight and then GoPro and just start wrecking people, and we'll see him right. get to that top level soon. But yeah, I think I think he's five pro wins away from from a, a Tuesday night contender series shot where he can start wrecking Man. people. So phenomenal. Yeah, nice guy too. Nice guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, cool. just a good good human being for sure. Who else do we have that night? And David Onama. Kickboxing match, David Onama. I don't. Do we have to do this? David Onama went out there. Um, went Another out there terrifying against, individual. <laughs> David, I mean, he's pro, and it's like, what do you do with him? Yeah. You know, outside of, um, he, he went out there and went, uh, went against Joe, Joey Estrada, a uh, veteran, a game veteran. In the Kansas City scene, um, he goes out there. Both their debut for kickboxing. I mean, they're they're veterans in MMA, so it wasn't too far out of the realm. I felt like uh, Joey Estrada um, did himself a favor by by making it a pure stand up, but he also kind of hindered himself. Uh, Onama went out there. And I don't know what him and Kraus came up with in the back, but the way he dissected Estrada and kind of he let Estrada like work like work out in the first round and they download him which is very anderson silva-esque um and then once he knew his game plan he just kind of was like all right i'm just gonna beat you up now yeah yeah that showed like the next level in my eyes of david like it shows that that separation of um, it shows to me that David's ready for that next level. I know he was like disappointed with this last fight, when it, his MMA fight, whenever he finished the guy. So, because um, he went out and just, you know, tried to throw everything at him. But this time he, like you said, kind of downloaded him and understood yeah. his movements, and then, then took advantage of all of Joe's mistakes. And I think that's something you can't do unless you're a high level, like especially in a cage with everything going on, like being able to read somebody is hard enough in the gym, but whenever you're in the cage with all the bright lights and the adrenaline's going, like being able to say, okay, I shift my body this way. They make this movement. And now I counter like that's, it's like yeah. being in the matrix. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it shows how much experience he has in the cage. Now he's becoming more comfortable 
you know that that now is his element. I don't. I've I haven't watched all of Onama's fights. I've seen probably the last like three or four amateur fights, and I've watched every pro fight. But you know, he's definitely in his element. He's comfortable. He's not making any mistakes. Um, I believe his last fight though, he kind of got out of his element that first round. But yeah. that's like. But that that was the most like interesting it, it's been for Onama. In his career so far, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that was just because he wanted to go out there and get after the guy right away, you know, and try to finish him early. And the guy was tough, so he, you know, he was, it, it took a little longer than he wanted. But, he, I mean, he still dominated the fight, you know, is what's right. crazy about it. Like, um, yeah, he's another guy that I think's right at that top level that, you know, those are two people that you might see in the UFC next from, from Glory, for sure. Yeah, definitely a contender shot. Um Damn, man. I mean, the, the, this gym is definitely producing wonderful athletes and, and high-caliber fighters. And I think that, that shows, you know, the hard work that, that Zach and James, um, all the coaches have been putting in. I don't know all the coaches from the summers. I didn't want to, like, yeah. forget anybody. And then, you know, but obviously with Dawson them going, yeah. um, you know. But I think both of the two things from those guys is both of them – do everything right you know they both train their butt off to to get better every single day and in their the spots where they maybe aren't as great you know you know mikey's constantly working on his striking david's constantly working on his wrestling and putting everything together like they're doing all the right things like they're they're gonna get there it's just a matter of time you know it's just a matter of time until they get that shot at the, the big league and definitely, um, but they're doing all the things right. So yes, the coaches have a huge play in that, but they're the ones showing up, putting in the work too. Definitely. You know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, now I'm going to try to, yeah, JW go out there. Uh, since JW has become a member of the gym, um, he's really improved his game a lot at such an advanced age. He's really like stepped up and, and became, became composed. He, he had a takedown. Yeah, you know, it's like if you'd have told me JW was gonna have a takedown in this fight, I'd be like, yeah, he got taken down. Like, yeah. and that's just because how I feel. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah, it, it the thing that has surprised me from him is I think he as he gets more as he learns more technique, I think he's he's improving his grind a little bit too, or his his like he can dig a little deeper now than he was before, and um, we saw that in this fight. You know, he kind of out grinded uh kurt grillington Definitely. who's a who's a veteran you know and he just was able to to push through and dig a little deeper and get the victory so uh, yeah that was something i was most impressed with is that he you know he didn't fold like some of the you know some other times and now really dug deep and got got his yeah. win you know he has that so, extra gear in him he, yeah and that's something that only he could you know, develop and I mean, when he got against the cage and you know he kind of shelled up, I was like, "Oh man, this sucks." I know how much hard work he's put in, and but then he was composed and yeah. then he you know circled off the cage. You know, really beautiful move. You know, and then he just he put in work and nasty fucking elbows. I would not want to be <laughs> on the bottom of JW. Yeah, when he's done those elbows. So man, beautiful man, and, and it's nice to see him elevate his game and and really. You know, because I know there's something I this is all something that that he loves to do. Yeah. So it was nice to see like the hard work pay off and and good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. we had uh, was it Derek Ripley? Yep, Mr. Ripley and um, 
Anthony Goldfield. Anthony Goldfield. Anthony Goldfield's a terrifying monster. Yeah. You know, his physique, intensity, the strikes, you know, terrifying. And Ripley, a veteran, going out there and his, uh, kind of his swan song is, uh, his last fight. Unfortunately, I thought, I, I, uh, I don't know if you'll ever see this, but I apologize because I thought you were playing possum, <laughs> but he had a real injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, ended up, I guess his leg wasn't totally healed going into the fight is what I've heard, but, uh, you know, it's nothing to, it, it's, it was sad almost for Ripley to, to, for it to go out that way. Cause he, he's had, so, you know, he's been such an important figure in Kansas city mixed martial arts. Um, and, been such a big part of that and then to come back after i think six years off and then to have it go that way where he had to go out on the the injury in between rounds it stunk but anthony goldfield did everything perfectly too like it's nothing to take away from that guy he went up against a tough veteran like ripley and yeah. just did everything perfect so um yeah i don't know what else to say about that no i mean it was it was i know goldfield looked a little disappointed that you know the fight ended that way you know you could tell he wanted to put him out Mm-hmm. You know, in his style, but, you know, bravo to both men. And, uh, you know, hopefully Ripley can go off. And, and I don't know. It, it'll be interesting if he's like, if he gets healthy, mm-hmm. if he's like, let me do one more. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. He does have a, a gym up in uh, St. Joe that he runs as well, St. Joe Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that um, does well. So I know he, that's, that was the, the thing for me is like, I know he spent a lot of time the past six years. Um, dedicating his time to to his students and so like this was his comeback and seeing like that is what stunk but um yeah it was anthony goldfield's a, a terror yeah. monster so, yeah so and then yeah. you get to the headlining event yeah uh felony charles bennett don't screw that up either first felony <laughs> charles bennett not charles felony bennett oh my god felony charles bennett versus kevin groom yeah the hard-hitting hillbilly what a fucking matchup! <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. Uh, man, Charles Bennett is—he's crazy. He's like legitimately crazy. He's definitely a unique character. <laughs> you don't know where it comes from because he's—that's always been his, you know, moniker. That's always been his title. But him coming to the Midwest, he definitely was true to himself. You could tell he didn't want to be there. I felt like he didn't want to be there. He, he walks out. To a, a R&B song <laughs> with his middle finger raised high, flicking off everyone, live streaming. Yeah. You know, um, and he was kind of walking in a little too calm and collective, you know, and, and really trying to play. I don't know if he was trying to play the villain role or if he I took it a different way. Um, I kind of felt he was kind of like. I felt like he, he wanted to play like like I'm the outcast here. Which I mean, it is Kevin Crew's hometown, yeah. but you could tell he really tried to play into that like the heel role. I, I, I thought like this is just a character this guy does, you know. I I don't think it's a character at all. I don't think he like puts any like thought into what he's gonna do. I think he just goes out there and is himself, and you know, watching him walk around and just beforehand, before the event ever started, before everybody else even got there, it was just like. You could tell that guy's he's a, a unique individual for sure. Yeah. But uh walked out there with, with himself, <laughs> no team. 
Um, I don't think he trains with the team. If he does, I mean, he. he I talked to his manager in. a little bit. And they said he he was training. He's they said he trained really hard in um, American Top Team in Georgia or something. Um, but yeah, it didn't didn't go go smooth for him. No, it didn't. And, and I don't know what he was expecting, but it's kind of like he almost didn't react. It's almost. It feels like he was like caught in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he thought his, his spirit or power was just going to dominate, <laughs> you know, Kroom, and Kroom was just going to wilt with, like, with some Star Wars Force stuff, but, uh, <laughs> man, he didn't do much of anything. As he comes out, like, in all of his fights, he comes out, like, super, I talked about it in the broadcast, like, it reminds me of, like, Yoel Romero, where he, like, comes out, like, and kind of lulls people in, and then he'll fire in a big, heavy strike, but... He didn't get no. the chance to explode against Kroom, and Kroom just dominated from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, it was a great performance for Kroom, but, yeah, Charles Bennett didn't show up that night. Um, yeah. and Kevin, I mean, Charles Bennett's a, a legend and a guy who's been around forever, but Kroom's been around a long time, too, and he's always been right there at that, that top level. So he's another one that wouldn't surprise me if he strings a few wins together, if he gets a shot, you know, he's been around a long time and has really good skill sets everywhere. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a great headlining card. Um, I kind of wish I saw more action. I mean, good for Kroom to come out there and take the victory the way he did unscathed, you know, but I was kind of, you know, and, and felony Charles Bennett is a vet, uh, a legend. He is. Yeah. He's been in the cage with some of the greats. Hasn't always came out with a victory, but, I mean, he's entertaining, and, I mean, he's a name, and you don't get that name. Especially, he was a name in in this, in this the sport when it wasn't that popular as it is now. Yeah. So, that's a testament to his, his character, who he is. Yeah. And I think he's always been the way we saw him, too. Like, he's always been a little crazy. Like, it, the, the brawl with Shootbox during Pride in 2005, it makes sense now. You right. know? Like, it made sense to me. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. But yeah, that's the first event, so I will stop. Alright, we're back. So that was the... Uh, I still haven't got the name. Casey. Fighting Alliance Championship. Fighting Alliance Championship. Yeah. I won't forget it. I will forget it. But I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> And now we're on to the big card this week. Um, this Saturday, Abu Dhabi, we got Pori versus Khabib. Um, and this is Barboza versus Paul Felder. Um, and we got our coach, Zach Cummings, um, versus, I'm not going to pr- try to pronounce any of these gentlemen's names, I think I, I will butcher it. I think it's Omari Akhmedov, I think. I don't know anybody else, though. There's, there's the rest of that card. Good luck. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this is a big fight. Um, well, obviously every fight for Zach is a big fight, but this is a new display, um. I kind of, it's always interesting when they send the U.S. fighters overseas and, you know, and fight because I'm very curious how they, how Zach and all the other American fighters react yeah. to that time change. Yeah. Hopefully it goes well. Trust me. I, I'm, I think this is a nice matchup for Zach and, and I believe he can go out there and dominate. I'm hoping for a second round finish. Um, but yeah. It's, yeah, whenever they go overseas, it's, it's like you said, the time changes always can play a factor. I don't remember which UFC it was, but it was in, in China. And I remember watching, 
this is a, this is a throwback, but Hatsu Hiyoki. Um, wow. He was a guy who like never really had that impressive performances, but then whenever he got to fight in China or Japan, wherever it was, he just like looked like a, a world beater. Like yeah. he thought that guy was going to be the next champ. So like it can, guys can really stand out whenever they don't have to go through that too, you right. know, or some people like to the travel. They like to the, the get away and um, can adjust well to it. But yeah, it's always a factor for sure. Definitely. Um, and I know Zach likes to travel. I know Zach likes to yeah. travel. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be a hindrance at all. But it's always, I'm always fascinated. But you look at Omari's last fight. See if I can pull him up. He was actually here in. Um, it was he was here in Kansas. Was he he? fought Tim Bosch. Okay, I believe. Yeah, so. in Wichita. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I believe he was here. Um, let me see if he has any big highlight. Yeah, a lot of his fights are decisions. Yeah, he's he's more of a guy that kind of kind of grinds grinds out more than anything but he's been been knocked out been caught with submissions um i know that's what zach's hoping to do definitely um sergio knocked him out marais uh not that amari yeah marais yeah knocked him out that's who uh james is fighting next i believe nice it's a good matchup yeah yeah his losses have all been by knockout yeah so, you know, he's going up against um, Zach Cummings. I wish he had a nickname. We could give him one. He he won't like it. No matter what nickname we try to give him, he ain't going to like it. That's all right. <laughs> I'm sure that there's lots of people that don't like their nicknames. But if it <laughs> sticks, it sticks, right? I mean, I guess as long as we don't give him a generic one. <laughs> I remember a long time ago, somebody tried to give Tim the nickname Grimy, and he hated it. And it stuck for a little bit, but then it just kind of... <laughs> he hated it so much that it faded off, but I, I still like Grimy Tim Elliott. It just, it fits, fits his style. It does. So. It does. It's grimy. Yeah. Please don't, yeah, don't beat me up for hearing that, Tim. Oh, man. <laughs> if Tim Elliott listens, I appreciate you listening. <laughs> I don't even have to worry about that at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going into this fight, you know, it, it's nice to see Zach string along, uh, you know, victories and... and fight consistently because I know it was like a year or two ago. He only got to fight once due to his injuries and um, it's nice to see him go in there and, and get to do what he loves. You yeah. know, because I know he loves training here and and helping the fighters develop their game. But I mean, he's his job is a UFC fighter, you know, and, I, and to be at that level. It's, it's funny training here and, and obviously I don't think I can, but you know, it's always like I always get that little thought in my mind, like maybe I could be a UFC fighter. Just getting to getting to witness and work with that talent. Yeah, you know, it's always like it's inspiring. So it's nice. Um, yeah, it's good that he's getting to stay consistent, and uh, you know, it hasn't been that long since his last one, right? When was the last no, it hasn't. One? So yeah, he's he's still staying in there, getting after, it. and I think that's a huge factor. Like whenever you can be consistent like that everybody always performs a little bit better and um like when cowboy was fighting five times a year six times a year <laughs> that's when his his best streaks were if, you know if you can yeah. fight close like that sometimes that's a good thing not everybody handles it well but no. um yeah i think it's a good thing that he gets to stay consistent so yeah so um hopefully he hears this i know he's going to be Hopefully he doesn't have too much weight to cut, but if he's cutting weight, I doubt he's going to be occupied listening to a podcast. But good luck to you, Zach, and, uh, you know, we all 
pray for your health and that you stay injury free and knock this motherfucker out. So I told him last time, I'm like, I don't really care how you win, just don't come back injured this time. Yeah. Just just come back ready to go again. Like just go finish him really quick and then come back. <laughs> don't break your orbital or anything oh like goodness. that. Yeah. And and we'll just keep keep grinding. Nice. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna surprise you with one of my one of my fights to watch because I'm Uh-oh. such a fan. Uh, he said, "Oh, uh, it's gonna be probably Andrea Lee versus uh, Joanne yeah. Caldwood." Yeah, that's a great fight. That's gonna be fun. I love JoJo, and then Andrea Lee has always been impressive too. So, um, yeah, I remember watching Joanne Calderwood fight in Invicta here, and I had no idea who she was at the time. This was one of the first Invictas, probably, and she just was a nightmare for the right. girl she fought in the. That's a fun matchup, Andrea Lee. Yeah, and and Andrea Lee has a, you know, she's a little fire starter. Yeah, and she she switched some things up and um in her camp, uh, now she's training with uh Tim Crater in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. I wonder if she can come out the way she always does because you know her, her whole persona. I mean, it might be who's you know she's a cowgirl, she's an American cowgirl. So I wonder if they're gonna allow her to kind of. They should. Okay. I don't. I don't right, know the they details. Should, what? They, what you saying? Like they should allow her to like be herself. Yeah. Yeah. Like show her personality. I, yeah. I think so. I think they should. You know, it's a little different over there than that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's always why I was curious. I don't know the the details, but yeah. obviously, I was I was just curious if they're gonna be like, hey. Man, I think they're they're such big fans of the UFC though that I bet. I don't know. I bet the fighters get treated really well over there, no oh, matter definitely. what, and. Uh, yeah, so from, from what I've seen and heard, like, you know, if you're fighting in the UFC over there, you're royalty. So I would think that they would let her, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, let me take a little break from the fights real quick for a second. Uh-oh. Uh, you have Brian Harris and uh, you got Baker over there, over there living up, living it up. Having photo shoots. And Having whatnot. photo shoots. <laughs> we see you guys. I see Brian uh, posing like a 45-year-old divorced woman. He's uh, living his best life. Best life, and uh, I think it's nice. Um, it's good to see. Hopefully, he brings back a lot of photos. If I can clip some photos in of uh, their photo shoot, I will. In <laughs> this podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. But it's nice. Um, yeah, I know he was very excited to go over there and be live and, and support Zach. And yeah, I'm excited to see and hear all about it because he's a. Uh, he said he was going to take a GoPro. I'm guessing he did, but like for the walkout and all that. So it'd be cool to. To see all that stuff. For sure. Did you ever get to travel with? Uh... No, I've been to a lot of them, and I've got to like whenever uh, James fought in Winnipeg, I got to go like kind of backstage, but I've never been there like for for the walkout and all that. Right? But, yeah, I've got I've got to go behind the scenes a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. Yeah, we're... yeah. I've never got to leave the country. Oh yeah. yeah so... The only time I've been out of the country was Mexico and, and Winnipeg. Yeah. For Canada, but yeah. It was... I don't know. That's that's a long flight. I believe it. I think the uh, flight to Abu Dhabi was twenty eight hours. Uh, I thought it was like eighteen. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I probably exaggerated. Twenty eight sounds good though. Yeah, we'll just say it's better for the video. <laughs> no, it might be eighteen hours, but still. I mean, I like when oh, I that's fly way too long. When I fly, I like to like you know have a little get a couple of, like sleeping pills or something and like go to sleep and wake up and be done with the flight. The longest flight I've ever been on was 5 hours and I was miserable. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being on a plane that long. So, but I always thought I wanted to go to Australia, but then 
the idea of being on a plane for 14 hours or however long it is is no thanks. Right. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. But it's nice. It's, it's, uh, hopefully they enjoy themselves and uh, they stay out of trouble. I know um, Brian recently just got done streaming and um, I think he brought his computer over there to, to play World of Warcraft, but I, I don't know if he has time to do it. I saw him jump on um, the other day, though. I oh, saw yeah? him jump on for like an hour. So I was like, oh, shit, you're really playing, but I haven't seen him on since, so. Yeah. But I can't wait for you guys to get back and, um, you know, have fun over there. Yeah. Take advantage of all that, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's an experience. Yeah. That's experience. Not, not many people, you know, get to, ex- to experience, and a lot of people normally don't even leave their hometown, so. Yeah. You know, you get to travel around that. That opens up the world, and, and good for them. Yeah, that's my favorite thing in life is traveling. I think, yeah. you know, that's that's what I live for, so. Yeah. All right, so back to the fight. So Sorry. We're, we have a rematch. Barboza versus Felder. Yeah. It's a damn good rematch, too. Zach was on the card last time they fought. And Felder got the first one, right? Was, uh, did he? I don't remember. Oh, my. I don't know. I thought it was a decision for sure. Well, let's see, the poster's probably around here somewhere. I think it's that one. Uh. July 25th, probably 2015, something like that. Let me see. I I think, uh... And they have. I remember it was crazy, because, like, they were just spinning, throwing spinning kicks the whole time. Let me see. Maybe I made that up. Maybe Charles Olivier. That was the... the, I don't think so, because I think that was the fight where Barbosa kept laying a switch kick, right? Yeah, Barbosa won by decision. Yeah. But I mean, the the last in there with Barboza, who's such a dynamic and terrifying striker. Yeah. You know, that he might be one of the best strikers we've ever seen. Oh, yeah, I think in, so. In the cage. I think so. And that just shows you how good Paul Felder is to be able to go through all that. Like, Dan Hooker's a, a great striker, and Edson Barbosa made him look like an amateur. Um, yeah, I'm, I that's that fight's going to be awesome. The first one was awesome, and I'm sure this one will be just as good. Uh, but the last time they were on the card and Zach fought, Zach got like a he got that early knockout against Dominic Steele. So hopefully we can have a keep that train rolling, get that early you, knockout. You know they be setting Zach up because they put Zach early on the card. So no matter how fantastic, I, I feel like Zach sometimes sets the tone for the card. So Zach gets that early victory and knocks out submission. I feel like next thing you know, like three or five, four fights later, everyone's getting a damn knockout. Yeah. And it's always like kind of, I feel like they kind of bias with the bigger name. The bigger the name that gets that, that victory. Which is crazy. Like, you would think, I feel like if you're one of those, like, guys that's getting paid three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 for a fight, you shouldn't be eligible for that $50,000 <laughs> bonus. Like, that $50,000 bonus should only be eligible to the guys who are making, you yeah, know, $10,000, you know, less than less than a hundred. Unless you get that Leota Machida uh, little clause. What's the other I forgot. Was. He was getting paid an extra bonus for knocking people out. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. that came out that. In, the, uh, in the lawsuit that they're doing. Gotcha. I didn't know that. Yeah, interesting. Was, yeah, he had his own little special. Clause. So with that that lawsuit, maybe you can maybe you read more about it than I did. So was that like in favor of the UFC? They were saying they paid like the right amount of percentage, or was it not? It was not. It was not. So it's against the UFC. Yeah. It's bad for the UFC. I didn't know how it went. Yeah. I always felt like the fighters were underpaid for sure, but I didn't know if because they they said whatever percentage it was, I didn't know if that was supposed to be showing a good thing for the UFC or bad. Yeah, they were. It's not looking too good right now. I don't know the intimate details, but it doesn't. Looks like yeah. the UFC was kind of you know really pimping these fighters out. You know, 
since back in the day. Yeah. Um, I know they're getting taken care of right now. I'm just trying to save I mean, myself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I don't know if things have uh, gotten better or what there. I think I know the, the Reebok deal was stunk a long time ago, but yeah, that's, yeah I don't know how, how everything translates as far as contracts now that there's new owners and everything. But I mean, I don't, I don't know his business like that, and I would never put out his business like that, but I feel like Zach, who's been such a veteran for the, uh, I feel like the Reebok deal works in his favor. Because wasn't it every like every time you fight you pay you get a pay bump? So the the it, the only good things I've heard about the Reebok deal is the fact that like some sponsors were pretty shady back in the day and like wouldn't always pay. Um, I, I heard from one of the the managers here um, that managed some of the UFC guys. They said like that's the biggest advantage to the Reebok deal is you know you're gonna get your guaranteed money, right. you know. But there was I mean there's got there was guys who were making way more than what their their contract was worth just off sponsors. Right. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it's still probably not the best thing, but at least they're getting guaranteed money from right. that way. Well, that matters. I don't know. Yeah, that's not – I don't know enough about it probably to be talking about it. But. Yeah. You know, one day soon we're going to have a couple of UFC fighters. I'm hoping we get, you know, Zach Dawson. We'll, yeah. We'll well, I don't know why you guys don't just – Say, hey, come to my podcast. Hey, guys, if you're watching this and haven't subscribed, subscribe. We get the 100 subscribers. How many are you at now? 71. 71. We kind of slowed the process, and that's on me not putting in enough work for this podcast. I need to. You know, if you get one of those guys, though, they're going to bring followers with them. I hope so. So. Hope they stay. See, if you get Zach on now, he'll probably have you at 150 by the end of the week. See, but I need to, I need to be cautious about bringing some of those, like, UFC guys because they might come in and expect us to talk about fights and then get to a journal episode. This emo bullshit I'm listening to. I ain't here oh, for them to cry. Man. The hell? It's funny. They have to understand the whole package of the Off The Map podcast. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we got Barboza Felder, which is a, a nice co-main event. Um, and then you have... Who who are you taking in that? I feel like we have to make predictions. You have a prediction for Felder and <sighs> Man, Barbosa. You might not like this. I think I have to go with Barbosa. Yeah, I, I feel like Barbosa's been. Um, if I if I'm right, I feel like he's on a streak right now. Yeah, I think so. But I know that Kevin Lee fight really messed him up. Um, I I, like, I would like to see Felder do well, but you're probably right. Barbosa's probably gonna get the win. But I feel like Felder's so, so tough. I feel like it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, not not the same exact fight, but I feel like it's going to be a decision. I don't I don't see Barboza putting him away. Who was it that Felder fought and broke both of his arms and then just kept fighting? Uh, I remember that it was the same card as DC and Stipe won. I forgot who Felder fought. No, it doesn't. Anyway, he broke broke his arm and then like still fought the entire fight. So Paul Felder's. Beast. Damn, I forgot Barboza fought Khabib. Yeah, that wasn't good. And then Kevin Lee put him away. And then Justin Gaethje put him away. I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Just coming off a loss. Um, Yeah, I'm going to stick with Barboza, though. I think um, think he's just a game opponent. I think that he's, he's grown since the last. He's grown tremendously since the last time they fought. I think it was like four years ago since they fought. Yeah, it was a and, long time uh, ago. 
you know, Felder's, uh, he hasn't been as active. He's had a lot of canceled bouts. Yeah. He's supposed to fight Aquinta and everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel Barboza's decisions in. I don't, I was even putting him away, but he, unless it's some unknown injury we don't know about, I feel like he just takes it to a decision. Yeah. Felder's one of those guys who I feel like is always in there grinding, like, but he's never been, like, had anything that just, like, blows you away impressive. You know what right. I mean? Um, Whereas Barbosa has crazy, crazy highlight finishes. So, um, yeah, I think Barbosa will get the win, but it's going to be a – he's going to have to grind it out. Right. Now we get to the the main event. I think I have the unpopular opinion here of Habib how this fight goes. Versus Poirier. Who you got first? Um. Wow, can let's go with you first. Maybe you'll okay. my opinion, but I don't. I don't have any clear, uh, definite um, winner for this though. I do. And it's Dustin Poirier. Do you think though? Because he's he said it. I think Poirier finishes him. You think he finishes him? Finishes him. Third or fourth round, probably. Um, everybody needs to go back and rewatch the Conor Khabib fight and the Ally Quinta fight, and uh, just go into it with an open mind. I rewatched Connor and Khabib I, as much as it pained me to watch Connor and Khabib. <laughs> I watched it again, too. I wa- if, you, if Khabib decides to stand up with Poirier for any rounds like he did in round two against Connor or um, like he did against Al, I think Dustin Poirier, as long as Poirier goes in with the mindset of, all right, I'm going to pepper this guy with strikes, I think he's going to end up overwhelming. Probably hurt Khabib with a big strike and then just you know, overwhelm him with uh, cardio and Really, volume. see, that's the big thing about it. If if Poirier is the finish, um, Khabib, Habib, I feel like you have to do it in the early rounds because when they get to that third or fourth round, that means Habib's been grinding you out. Yeah. And I don't know how, um, with my lack of knowledge on Poirier, I know he's, he's came up with weight and everything, but I don't know how he does against wrestlers. And I feel like that's a big X factor if you're not used to that that wrestling. And I mean, he's a, he's a high level athlete, so I expect his wrestling to to be at that point. But I mean, if you haven't experienced Habib, yeah, I think know. I think Poirier's ground game is going to be good enough to hopefully get back to his feet and start picking apart Khabib. Um, Khabib's wrestling is insane, and the only thing so I don't know why why I'm thinking of this now, but, like, I was watching Poirier on the Embedded episode. One of the ways he got up off the cage, like, made me nervous about the whole whole fight because Khabib will let you kind of, like, work back to your feet as long as you turn up and give up your back, and that's exactly what Poirier did working up off the cage in the Embedded episode. So if he loses, that's how I think it happens. I think Khabib gets him in against the cage and then lets him work up and then takes his back and drags him to the ground and strangles him. But... I really think Poirier is going to have good enough ground game to either stop the takedown or, you know, hurt Khabib on the feet. So, we'll see, see. I, th- I think it's going to be that type of like Poirier has to finish him early. Habib will definitely grind him out, and if he gets to later rounds, in my opinion, I feel like Habib dominates him, and, and I don't think he makes him quit or anything, but I feel like he can, he can, he can finish him because I'm looking at. Poirier's fights, you know, every fight that he's he's gone up against, all strikers. Eddie Alvarez, Justin Ga- Justin Gaethje, um, Anthony Pettis, too. 
Jim Miller, yeah, but they're not going out there to yeah. wrestle. Not not yeah. like that's not their first game plan as Habib. I feel like his game plan is to go out there. Uh, Jim Miller. My thoughts on Khabib's cardio, though, like I think if Connor would have had more cardio going into round two and had a little more pop behind his punches, I think he really would have hurt Khabib. And that's not me just being definitely. A, that's not me just being a Connor fan, but like. There was nothing on Connor's punches going into round two, and he was landing on Khabib. And so I think if somebody has that pop behind their punches, they can really do some damage there. Um, I think it was the third round where they started exchanging. Like, Khabib was just, like, standing in front of him. Yeah. And Connor was – I wouldn't say he was just lighting him up because, the, you know, it was kind of going back and forth. But you can definitely tell, like, oh, if this was uh, – you know, if, if Connor had anything left in the gas tank, this wouldn't even be a fair fight right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I didn't think it was until I rewatched it the other day. I didn't remember it like that, um, but yeah, I don't know. And then the thing with Khabib's cardio is, I think people talk about Khabib having this insane cardio and this insane grind. He does, but if you can put him on the, if you can make him work a little more, like if he's not just on top pounding away on you, he's gonna get tired. Right. Like, I think I don't think his cardio is like the best in the UFC. I think he just, we see him get on top of people, lock him into place and then pound away on him. Well, that doesn't tire out Khabib near as much as it tires out the other guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, so, that's how I feel. I feel like he doesn't have great cardio. I think, no, he does have great cardio, but it's not like this world class cardio, not like a GSP or, or a Diaz brother. Well, and it's, it's a totally different kind of cardio too. You know, like you, a striker can strike all day, but then you wrestle with a guy like he, he has good wrestling cardio, but as soon as you start pumping him with punches to the face, his cardio is going to drain a lot quicker than him just being on top on the ground. You know what I mean? So if poor A can at least like get him on the defensive a little bit and work on him a little bit, I think the cardio is going to be similar or the same. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fascinating. Um, so now, deeper thought, it's hard against – I mean, it's the same with Floyd Mayweather. It's hard for me to get go for me to go against a guy that's undefeated, so – yeah. I think I'll go with Habib. Um, but I don't think it would be, like, some clear dominance. I feel like he can grind him up. I feel like it gets to the later rounds, then he would dominate him, and then it would be that same story of, like, that fourth or fifth round. Poirier is so damn tired, but because he's a champion, a high-level fighter, he'll, he'll hang in there. But, um, but yeah, I see Habib doing Habib things, taking him out, lacing the legs, and forcing him either to give up his back or just take that damage or suck his cardio away like he did with Conor. Yeah, I think either Khabib gets him down up against the fence, takes his back and strangles him, or Poirier is able to get up, keep working up to his feet, keep stopping takedowns in the open range. Khabib's open range shots aren't that great. If he can stop shots out there and start to work on Khabib, he can wear Khabib down, and I think he overwhelms him. Um, round three or four, I'm calling TKO nice. Dustin Poirier. Nice. I got $10 on it, too. And a two for three fifty, two for three fifty with a bill on Zion's. Hmm. So, I got a lot riding on this fight. <laughs> I wonder what's the, uh, I wonder how big of an underdog Poirier is. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's kind of home territory for Habib too. That's true. There's a lot of uh, yeah, he's got a lot of fans <laughs> over there. I know we talk about it like with hip hop posse's and stuff, but Habib has like a hip hop posse. Oh yeah. Do you like he's literally walking around like ten deep, and that's been that way since before he was. Super famous too. Whenever he came here, he had a whole crew with him. You know, um, he came. So 
he came to the gym when World Series of Fighting was in town. Him and Henzo Gracie came to use our mats. And there was two vans full of people that he brought with him. <laughs> um, yeah. They don't mess around. No, they don't. Um, and that, it, was, that was awesome, by the way, whenever he was here to doing that private with, with Henzo Gracie. Like, that was you guys, you, everyone got to watch, right? Yeah. So, it, it, I don't know. I've told this story a bunch. Hopefully, I haven't told it on no, a lot of times I was here. Um, so, they called Ali Abdelaziz, who is famous for having a beef with Connor now, um, called the gym, and he's like, I have uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Henzo Gracie here. I was wanting to see if we could use some mat space. Um, and uh, I was like, yes, of course you can, like definitely. And then they didn't show up uh, that night, and he called back the next day and said, hey, I know we weren't able to make it last night, but if there's any way we could use the mat tonight, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I was like, definitely, you're more than welcome anytime. Just let me know what time. I'll make sure we have space for you. Um, and so they ended up showing up after class, and it was <sighs> Khabib, a bunch of his his people, uh, Ali, Henzo, and it started out just them doing their private over on the side. And then it was like me and Danilo and Kenyon and Conan were all just kind of rolling on the other side of the mat just to just to be there and right. be on the same mat as Henzo Gracie and Khabib. And then by the end of it, you know, they, they were doing their thing. And by the end of it, we were all just sitting around Henzo Gracie watching him tell stories about like fighting people in his living room. And like, <laughs> you know, it was the coolest like probably the coolest MMA experience I've ever had. Just like we're all just sitting around and then we got to see like Khabib and Henzo do some like live go situational stuff. And yeah, it was, it was so cool. But like, listen, Henzo was amazing, but Definitely. Khabib was cool too. But yeah, I got to see Khabib lock, like some of his pressure. You could just see how strong he is locking down certain positions. And yeah, it was cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, still not a Khabib fan, huh? No, <laughs> he didn't really talk, which I don't know if how good English he spoke at the time. It was right before he fought Michael Johnson. Um, but, you know, Henzo was just such a big personality and such a nice guy. That's who I talked to the whole time. You so know, I know we didn't, you know, Zach got mad at me during that fight, before that fight. He, I, don't, I don't, and I say loosely mad, like he was annoyed with me because I predicted to be back then to be Michael Johnson. I was like, man, we were sitting in the, by the locker room. And we were talking about the UFC fights, and I was like, "What a nightmare matchup for my guys! He's about to get grinded out, beat up." Yeah. Not knowing that was Zach's roommate in college, yeah. Yeah, Zach's like, boys. "You better watch what you say." And I was like, "You know, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, That's my friend. That's my best friend." I didn't know that. And then he went, and then literally, I said that two days later. That was Tuesday. I said, that. "I opened my mouth and said that." Two days later, on that Thursday. Habib's here. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that the funny thing about that was is I, I told Zach, like, after I got off the phone with Ali, I, I was like, Khabib and Henzo are coming here. I was like, he can't come here. He's fighting Michael Johnson. I'm like, uh, well, they're on their way. So, <laughs> so they're coming. Uh, which they were super cool. And, like, Zach even told me he was for, told Khabib he's friends with uh, Michael. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I, 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 Zach got mad at me because I predicted the, the Darren Elkins victory over Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah, well. so, yeah. No, no, I mean, nothing against Michael Johnson, but there's a big hole, I feel like, in his game that isn't good for him to go against ground guys. So. <laughs> right. I just wanted Zach to keep that same energy when he saw Habib. I'll <laughs> 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 joke. Okay, okay. okay. please. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, it, it's awesome. And um, 
that's what I love about this sport. You know, the camaraderie, you know, and, and that's awesome. You know, you can obviously for that caliber of fighter, you can show up anywhere and hopefully train and, and get some personal time. Yeah. You know, that's like one of the coolest things I think about the UFC and MMA, which has changed a little bit, but there is such a, uh, I don't know how, how to explain it. You have a lot closer interaction with the fighters. Like, it's not like some of the NFL guys, you're never going to meet them, never going to talk to them. Like, it's possible you could run into them on the street. If you, you know, like, right. They might walk in the gym. You never know. So. You might get punched in the face by one. Yeah. All right, so I was talking about, um, I think it's awesome with the camaraderie that the MMA fighters have with each other, just showing up at other people's gyms and, and having that work out. And Yeah, the, the distance between fan and fighter is so much less than the distance between like fan and NFL superstar or MLB superstar, NBA superstar, like the chances of you actually getting to meet like LeBron James or something like that is like yeah. really, really slim. But like you can meet the UFC champs pretty, pretty easily. Like, um, and like you said, they might just walk in the gym. They might punch you in the face or roll right. with you. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, we've had a bunch of UFC guys come through here and, and Lee summit. So yeah, you can, you can get cool. to meet UFC fighters, champions and, uh, Kind of be a fanboy, even though, even if you predict them losing, take photos with them. Yeah, so. yeah, like Brian Harris. Like Brian Harris. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Brian, trying to jump on the Dustin Poirier bandwagon? I saw yeah. it, man. Can't do that. I'm telling you. And Brian, I know you're listening. I don't want to hear anything about you knew who was going to win, whoever wins. <laughs> yeah. So he he posted that picture, and that was the first thing I thought. I was like, you talked all that trash about how Khabib was just going to wreck Poirier, and how mm-hmm. you were so confident. How are you going to post a picture with him? How dare you? Could have waited at least after the fight. And be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I got this. I didn't I didn't care to post it that day because, you he'll, know. He'll make it his profile picture as soon as Poirier becomes if the champ. If Poirier wins, <laughs> that is his profile. He's For like, sure. Oh, my God. For sure. But yeah, yep. so it was good. Um, other news real quick before – um, Cyborg went to Bellator. I saw that. It sounded like the biggest contract in women's MMA yeah. history. So, um, yeah, good for her getting getting paid. Um, but I mean, who's she gonna fight over there? <laughs> That's the thing about it. They better sign Gina Carano again too. Um, I don't. I don't want to see that fight. Yeah. Gina's a, a goddess. Maybe man. she's been training like crazy and just comes out and beats Cyborg. You know, they were so Ronda and her were supposed to fight. I don't know if we talked That'd about be this fun. last time. But Ronda and uh, Carano was, was supposed to fight before uh, Ronda ran into Holly Holm. No, no, it was after. Um, I th- I don't know when. I feel like the door's always been kind of left open for Gina Carano, you know? I mean, she hasn't fought since Cyborg, but like I feel like there's always been like little talks, like little rumors. Oh, maybe she's coming back, but who knows what that would look like at this point. She has no need to fight. No. She has no need to fight. I mean, you know, she's she's a movie star now. Um, she's done what she, she did for the sport, which was amazing. And, yeah. um, yeah, there's a, a clear women's MMA Mount Rushmore and it's Ronda Rousey, Gina Carano, Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. Like, that's it. Like they did, they've built the sport. I mean, I guess you could throw Holly Holm in there too. Just, but, Holly, yeah, but Holly Holm's more of a, she's actually a bigger boxing star back yeah. in the day than, than she was. I mean, she's a star now. But, I mean, she was, like, a, a phenomenal boxer, too. You know, yeah. multiple world championships and everything. Um, but, yeah, Amanda Nunez, amazing. Yeah. The greatest 
female fighter that, that we've ever seen. Yeah. She's beaten everyone that you can even consider like the best. Yeah. There's I don't know. With, with you know, with dominance. Yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy how quickly the women's MMA division has taken off. Like I, I don't know what's gonna be there for Cyborg outside of the UFC and Bellator. I don't know what who she's gonna fight over there, but like inside the UFC it went from Ronda just dominating everyone, everything, you know, it's not even not even really interesting unless you're just looking for a, a Tyson style fight where Ronda right. finishes her. And then now Amanda Nunes is dominating everybody and but you have the, the great fights with Holly Holm, the great fights with Cyborg, you have Rose, Jessica Andrade, I can't pronounce the, the new champ's name. Uh, um Zang. Wei Ling Zang uh Zong, I believe. Yeah. But apparently she's a huge superstar in, in China now. Too, I mean she's so. the first Chinese champion. Um you know, I think that that does well in that market. I, f- I feel like that's what the UFC wanted. Sometimes I I feel like the UFC sets it up for for the passing of the torch. I know Andrade only beat Rose, yeah. but you know it's kind of like, and I think I was it was Bisping or someone to say that you know Andrade was kind of paying it forward because don't forget Rose went to Brazil yeah. to fight Andrade and then that you know she lost and now you know Andrade went to China. And unfortunately, she lost her belt. But you know, Wayling, she was she's nineteen and nineteen and one, and she was on a nineteen win streak. Yeah, and that's phenomenal in MMA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it blows my mind how like I feel like you went from being fighters uh, or fans of women fighters like me. I used to just be a fan of Ronda and Rose, and now it's like I'm a fan of women's MMA. You know? Right? They're 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 killing it. It's just as interesting to me now as. It, I feel like sports sometimes they put on the best fights of the card. Yeah. That's from amateur to, to professional. Yeah. Well, yeah. there used to be, I feel like there used to be a, a drastic, I don't know if this is not correct to say, but like there was a big skill difference, I feel like, between the le- the highest level of men's fighters and women's fighters. And now you're seeing insane strikers, insane grapplers in the women's side of things too. And, you know, it's, it's been awesome. I think in a couple of years... When we talk, I think we're gonna add Shevchenko to the. Oh yeah, definitely to that Rushmore because definitely. she's a, a beast too, and I mm-hmm. and I would love to see her fight Nunez a third time. Yeah, well, I mean, who else? Who else yeah. is there? You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, with, with Cyborg. I mean, I feel like Cyborg just kind of finishes her career. You know, so I think she goes over there, she sleeps a bunch of you know women that are 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 five and one. You know, that are just starting out their professional careers and, you know, they, they feed her a bunch of victories and, you know, we'll probably talk in a couple of years about, man, what if she would have took that other Nunez fight? And, yeah. You know, because she's going to look like such a world beater, yeah. knocking out these, these girls that are getting their career started and you go from there. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, I would have loved to see her stay with the UFC, but obviously all the extra bullshit drama personal drama was was unnecessary so. yeah and that's that that's always been there too her whole career with we feel like it took forever to get her in the ufc and then it all just kind of lingered yeah. while she was there so. i mean i i don't like you know when we get when the women fighters kind of get like disrespected in the sense of like they're a man and all that and, and obviously yeah cyborg tested and, and the whole debacle with dana and joe rogan and all of them talking about her but you know yeah. i would have like to believe they all moved on from it, but clearly she hasn't. And, and you know, the manager, her boyfriend isn't helping yeah. anything. Yeah, whoever, whoever edited the video or whatever. Yeah. Good for her, though, going and getting getting paid. 
Yeah, that's all you want to see, especially out of... It sucks in this day and age we still have to be like, well, I'm only getting paid there, fine. You know, but... I like to see everyone in the UFC. Though, I'm slowly falling in love with one championship. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it, but it's like, seems to be taken off. Yeah. Um, man, I watched... I expected... I watched the Demetrius Johnson's last fight in one, and I was like expecting Demetrius just to run through the guy. It was a good fight. Yes. Like it was, it, you know, I think they got a lot to offer, and apparently it's huge overseas. It's just not, hasn't taken off here yet. But yeah, they're, they're dominating to, overseas. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I watched uh, a fighter, a women's MMA fighter, I guess she's a big Muay Thai fighter too, uh, Stamp Vertex. So is she from the, the Philippines? The, I mean, is she part of the Fairtex? Lineage, then I believe so. Yeah, but yeah, but she's nineteen years old and and just has star written all over her. overseas. Like she comes out, she dances, she can fight her ass off. You know, Conan told me that somebody got a twister in in one FC. I haven't seen really? that. He said one of the girls got a twister. I was like, how have I not seen that? But yeah, but yeah, cool. I, I like watching the other organizations. But I mean, obviously, UFC will always be, you know, the prime. The hard part now is I feel like it's there's so many and there's like even just the UFC is hard to. I used to watch every single card. I could tell you every single fighter on the roster. I could tell you who they fought last, when their last fight was. You know, I could tell you all that. Now there's so many fights, so many fighters. Like it's hard to hard to keep track of. And then you start adding other organizations. It's just there's so much, you know. But hey, you gotta. I feel like I have to go back to kind of being fans of the fighter as opposed to. The organ or the right organization, but yeah, that's what Instagram's for. I follow all my favorite fighters on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, good, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this, brother. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I didn't like lose you any subscribers. With no, Ryan not being gone. All, so you know, I'm, I could wear the glasses if you wanted me to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe people will stay around, but no, I'm happy to be on. No, nah, but I appreciate you coming on, filling in for uh, Mr. Harris, and um. I appreciate you. Hopefully, a wonderful, healthy uh, pregnancy for you and Amber. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Those cravings, I don't know what she'll have. Please tell us. Some, uh, about <laughs> She's just been sick lately. It hasn't really been too many cravings. She Just stuff she can't eat so far. So, yeah. And then uh, we'll have to get you on at least before, right before the delivery. And then we'll have to get you on when you when you readjust your life. We'll just go live from the delivery room. Woo! As long as she appreciates it. As long as she can sign some... Uh, <laughs> Sign some papers and <laughs> try to blur out what we can. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, well, thank you, Mr. Yeah, Wallace. my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, and as I sign off, as always, for uh, Brian, love, peace, and chicken grease. and uh, Kisses, hugs, belly rubs. Hey, there we go. Bye. <laughs>